0: Hello and welcome to the Low Tox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 134. Today I have with me uh, Kim Pierce and Kath Davis. Kath and Kim, so cool. Uh, Much cooler than even the ones that have been on TV. That's an inside Australian joke there. We had a fantastic comedy series called Kath and Kim a few years ago. Uh, now, uh, Kim and Kath, Kath and Kim, are incredible social entrepreneurs who uh, founded the Possibility Project and Clothing Line, Slumwear 108. So you can learn everything about them that you have questions around after our chat today, of course, on the show notes where we link to their website and Facebook community But essentially, they've fused together the idea of creating a a clothing label with their passion for education uh, and social justice by um, helping to fund uh, vocational training in, uh, in slum kids. And it's a really, really inspiring story. So Kim's background is the education background, Kath's background is the fashion background, and when the two of them met one morning uh, over the school pickup, they literally uh, got on like a house on fire, hit the ground running, and the rest is, as they say, history. So it, it's beautiful to see them working not just with new fabrics, but recycled fabrics as well, and uh, and starting to do some really amazing local work with Indigenous communities here. So I'll hook into that conversation in a little bit, but I just wanted to remind you uh, we're now at the second week into the wonderful offer from Goodness Me Box. This one's for Aussies and New Zealanders. And uh, Goodness Me Box is a health food sampling box. And while I always say we really want to move from the sliding scale from uh, products over to produce and really being a produce-centric uh, eater at the same time there are going to be the odd crackers that you want to buy uh, some tinned whole foods teas there are always packets in the mix whether that looks like five percent for you ten percent for you twenty percent for you and uh, what goodness meat box does is they bring together a bit of a best of's every month of some really exciting, lovely businesses doing right by people and planet. They have some very strict guidelines on what's allowed into that box in terms of when people get in touch and say they'd like to be inside a goodness me box, they get sent literally a 10 page PDF of everything they can't have in their products, including genetic modification. So they've got a wonderful commitment on that front and it's absolutely worth giving a go. If you go for the three or the six-month subscriptions, you even get free shipping. And they've just brought out a really cool um, a smaller box that's, I think it's eleven ninety five a month, that one, and it's a kids' nut-free special. So if that's something that you're wanting to bring into the mix and, and try and explore brands that can help you with that, then this is absolutely the deal for you. You get $10 off a box, any box, Tox life 10 is your code and all of the details are confirmed for the goodness me box website etc on today's show notes and you can always find the show notes by the way at lowtoxlife.com forward slash podcast and then just click on the most recent show tile for the current offer uh, so enjoy that one and enjoy this wonderful chat with kath and kim kath and kim hello <laughs> Hello, <Alex>. Audi. <laughs> I'm so excited to be talking to you too. It was absolutely uh, awesome to come across the work you guys were doing, and uh, and I think uh, the low tox peeps are going to love it too. We deal with so many different uh, things on the podcast and the the best feedback we always get is you just never know what's coming next week. And, um, and this is no exception. You know, I think if we talk about sustainability, sometimes you talk about great small businesses, sometimes talk about health concerns, like all of it adds up to the same thing, healthier people, healthier planet. And, uh, and you guys are no exception. So um, I'd love to start with a, a little question that kind of was on your website and, um, And it kind of sort of popped out at me as a really great way for us to start today's chat. So I'm going to ask you, where there's a will, there's a way, and what does that phrase mean to you both?
1: Okay, and that's that's true for us, Alex, but the one thing that Kath and I talk about more so than will is intention.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so when we met, which was nearly seven years ago, um, we just had this same intention and that was... One to serve, um, and that means just to do something meaningful, and and that's pretty much it. We have this intention, and we have that same intention now that drives us, and and that whether it's will or, or whatever
0: label that is, um, it's our intention which has just keeps powering us along. Yeah, beautiful. And you met on the school run, which I absolutely love. I think um, I wish I was at the same school as you guys because that could be some <laughs> great conversations over the morning coffee. Um, but, and we'll talk about that in a bit. But first, I'm curious to know what you both did before that fateful school run Morning, Like were you born and bred hippie chicks who've always cared because that's how you were raised or or were there a series of ah ahas that kind of you were having in your own lives and then when you came together that was the courage you needed to do something in this space? I'd love to hear.
2: Well, I guess, um, Alex, we've both come from from a different, very different backgrounds but we both have, have, as Kim is saying, this intention of wanting to help people and so my background was fashion and television and Kim's come from a, a teaching background, business and economics. And I guess in both of our um, fields we felt that they weren't moving in a, in a direction that we were happy to support any longer. Mm-hmm. So I think the fashion industry over the last few years it's, it's becoming increasingly obvious The terrible impact that it's having on the planet and so we just really wanted to do something purposeful and so um, we started to work together and the possibility project is is kind of
0: what has uh, unfolded over the last six years Mm. and how like they always say when you're in small business if you're going to take on a partnership uh, model that you need to have complementary skills and it totally sounds like you both do yeah
1: well we're very yin and yang and, mm. a, and that's our hair color so when people, <laughs> when people look us up cat's got this gorgeous light aura and and my my i've got the darker hair and it's also cat you know i come from a more mental perspective yeah um, especially having that economics and business background and loving that, but it was a very rational um, space to come from. But also being a high school teacher, just witnessing primarily through my own four children um, the way the education system is structured and it's it's just not creating the possibilities that we could have, particularly in terms of being of our kids and um and just the potential that we have
0: to create a different system. So oh, I so agree with you there, Kim. Like, I mean, I am always so, uh, uh, like, astounded that you can go yeah. through 13 years of school. I went to one of the best schools in Sydney. Yeah. Then I went to one of the best universities for a further three years, university educated, and yep. never once in that entire, other than maybe the norm commercial with the get up and move thing in the 80s. And, yeah. you know, that was probably the the extent to which we learned about well-being in my growing yeah. up. Um, never once in that whole process was I taught to shop by values or yeah. that anything I put on me or in me had an impact on my health or the planet. And that blows me away. The gap is frightening. Yeah. Um, for what it means to be a good human in the world uh, yeah. it 's you know it 's great that we have minds that can talk about world war Two and and how the politics at that time get replayed as a cycle like that 's interesting but yeah, exactly. it 's certainly not helping us keep a um a healthy people and planet that's um, right. no so it's it 's a very interesting predicament we 're in and it 's a monumental shift that 's required yeah. i reckon yeah yeah
1: it 's yeah. a monumental um but it is, you know, for, for Kath and I it comes down to mindset shifting, mm. which, which is about choice, not about money or time. Yeah. And so it's facilitating the primary. Although we create a slow clothing, um, we've got this lovely slow clothing label bulk of our work is to help as yours to help shift mindsets
0: Mm, absolutely that's really what it comes down to isn't it getting people to switch the light on and then people do it themselves you know like it's like you give them wings and they fly and uh and i just yeah i feel so happy to know there are people in the world doing this work it's great so (laughs) let's go back to the school run um yep. and like you don't just kind of say hey you know like let's go grab a latte or let's start a business. How did you develop <laughs> the confidence in each other and the idea? And was it more a, a feeling that you just wanted to do something together and the idea came later?
2: Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. yeah. I mean, it was pretty in, much yeah. let's have a cup of tea and let's go to India. A bit <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I it love it. Was, uh, <laughs> It was that yeah. straightforward. I had to sort of move a pile of clean washing to the side so Kim could take a seat. Yeah, <laughs> it
1: was, and I guess that's why people, particularly school mums, love our story because it's very relatable mm. um, and it's a really simple story but I would—I was living in Singapore um, for 12 years and our beautiful kids were born there, moved back to uh, Mm-hmm. And walking my kids up to school, very first day, and that position when, um, you know, you're a bit fearful. I was a bit fearful walking these four beautiful kids into their new school, Mm. um, none of them having been in Australia before, and just saw Kath on that that day. And um, we passed, and she just said, your kids are going to love it here. And I thought, what? Uh, what an expression of gratitude or, or her enoughness to be able to share this school community with us mm. um, you know because really the majority of people the school had doubled in size. the majority of people were talking about how there's really no more room here it's too hard here um you know and to have somebody go, "Oh, your kids are going to love it here that just sets the tone for so mm. much possibility, yeah. Yeah, literally had a cup of tea a week later and then we were in India four months after that doing our,
0: doing our thing. How <laughs> amazing. So did the idea of the injustices of the fashion world um, become really clear really soon that that was what you wanted to tackle?
2: Actually, Alex, it wasn't so clear six years ago. No. Mm. I think- Um, what was more clear was that we wanted to help people. And what's unfolded is how much now that the planet needs help. Mm. So we still work with these amazing communities in Jaipur in India and help with vocational training and manufacturing. But it it, it has really unfolded Mm. recently, I'd say probably the last 18 months, of just the impact of fashion and particularly fast fashion on people and on planet Mm. but that wasn't that wasn't our initial response wasn't because of the fashion industry it was simply a solution to what we were what we were seeing in India through this
0: community we'd met and how did you meet them well
1: that's um you know when I was working in Singapore I was teaching there and my kids were in a little school next to my high school and it was one of those situations where you're looking around the school. A beautiful UN day was coming up, which United Nations Day. Fifty nations in this school were gathering, but people were um, complaining about the day rather than celebrating. And you know, this happens in our schooling system. Mm. So I thought, why not we? Why don't we just make a little cookbook and everyone give me your favorite mumma's recipe? You know, because food joins us and. Um, so everyone was giving this recipe, and the students were getting involved. We created this tiny cookbook, which was all about using what you have and um and that sold four thousand dollars worth so there were ten bucks each, four hundred copies, every family got them, every family was part of it and I'd heard about this group um in jaipur this this charity called i India, who were helping street kids, and we sent them that money. And they wrote back to say that's fantastic. It will feed twenty thousand children because it was wow. yeah twenty cents a meal. Um, but the really what I loved the most was how much joy my community had from this um, engagement. Mm. Kids were engaged. The mums were engaged. They were. We were talking. We were. We were swapping each other's cultures.
0: That's the essence of the UN's work. That's bringing it to life instead of being another annoying event on the school calendar. Yeah, Yeah.
1: exactly. And so that's really formed the basis of what I wanted to see in schools as well when it came to social justice or restorative justice. And we use this principle of social enterprise as well, which um, is the basis now of the Possibility Project. Um, and so when I moved back to Sydney, it was about a year after that, and I had already been going up to Jaipur. I'd gone twice to, um, you know, learn a bit more about this community, and that's when Kath came, you know, four months after we met. She came up to Jaipur to have a look at this community as well.
0: Wow, amazing. So, um,
1: yeah, it's very organic, and like like anything that of purpose, it just starts with – with you going, oh, I think this could be done a different way or oh, I've got an idea
0: here or, you know. It's so true, isn't it? Like often you just need to start with what yeah. you feel called to sort of start exploring <laughs> yeah. and then yeah. the how and the why and the what yeah. can even change along the way. Um, I know that's been the same for me. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just saying yes. Yeah. <laughs> Saying yes, exactly, exactly. Um, but a lot of no's as well so we can say yes to the important stuff and have energy for it. That's yeah, Yes to begin. Yeah. We
1: actually, we just finished doing this amazing fashion show and it ended with um, a slogan T-shirt that we created with the words why not on it and why not for us representing an answer, not a question. Ooh. And so rather, mm. a yes, no, it's just a, well, why not? Mm. And and that's really been also the, you know, the, the basis of what we do. It's like, you know, if somebody asks us to collaborate, we just will ask each other why not? And if there's, you know, if there's no reason why not, then we do it.
0: Mm. Yeah, I love it. Um so you decide to work together, you go to Jaipur so yeah. that you can both see what's going on there, and it really starts as a bit of a fundraising effort and yes. an awareness building um, not for profit work, if you like. Um, and then does the because I know you're both passionate about the vocational training and liberating um, locals uh, making them self sufficient instead of just giving people cash. It's the old you know teach them to fish adage which I think is just so important in the fight against poverty globally um how how did you sort of start to realize that bringing in a retail element where you sold what they were making um Mm -hmm. was that to help sort of fuel your fundraising further
1: both parts it was also to help fund our work
0: yeah because I mean that's the reality isn't it you need to fund the work yeah that's
1: right so we have not had to because it wasn't like we didn't borrow money and we didn't invest um, our own savings per se. This is this has been really organic. But to begin with, you know, like when I first started, I would always give a certain amount of money to charity each year. And then I met these amazing women up in Jaipur and I realised, well, you know what, rather than give money, um, I would like to just fund a little Um, social enterprise aspect and they made picnic rugs and we sold them in a school with this great picnic day and and the focus was on social enterprise and then that money went back and so that whole model rather than charity um, and replacing that with more social entrepreneurship that was very appealing Mm. and so the same with Kath and I with with the possibility project, it is a social enterprise, and we we saw along the way that we were we personally were adding so much value to lots of different situations, whether it was in India or here mm. in Australia, and we were able to leverage that um, to fund our work. Yeah. So we've done some. Um, you know, last year we went to New York and did this great little engagement with a brand in New York, doing some mending. So it's wonderful to be able to fund that through our work. Amazing. So cool.
0: And can you talk us through like one of the communities that you work with or one of the groups that you work with and how that relationship looks and really kind of help us see who these people are, even if you have names, like what does their day look like going to work? and interacting with you and then the end product then being sold on your website here. Like I'd love for people to be able to kind of see really deeply inside what this looks like.
1: Yeah. Well, look at these two main groups that we work with is the original um, I India, which is a charity up there that helps former street kids. And they, um, one of the products that was our first product is a set of beautiful Fabric covered beads. Mm. And so that project, for example, is made through vocational training. Um, Youths, so boys and girls, the, the boys do the sewing of the silks and the girls do the knotting of the beads. they Their day looks, you know, principally they are in the care of I India, they go to high school, um, and then after school they can come and do some vocational education, which means they are taught to sew, they have bank accounts. Um, they get paid regardless of whether they turn up for work or not because the conditions are like no other. We, we can't compare them with what we have here. iIndia mm. um, runs that. We, they tell us how much will be, you know, what they'll, they want for the products. They distribute the income. Um, it's part of a whole service for these youths who then, you know, we've we've known ones that have gone on to college, They've gone on to buy their own businesses or work in bigger businesses. Um, and at the same time, we get a beautiful product, which are these beads. And then mm-hmm. Kath and I find um, create innovative ways back home to sell our products, which we set it up so people understand the impact of, say, fast fashion on the planet. Um, we educate people and tell them how other other ways of making uh, clothing and accessories um we're excited because flight center australia have optioned those beads on their uniforms wow yeah so which is a really sustainable part of the project you know so so we'll get an online order from someone in you know flight center in perth and they love the beads because they know the story um and they can wear them to the office
0: Amazing and then they've got a story to tell when someone asks them oh my gosh I love your beads where are they from?
1: But for Kath and I it's always been it's not about helping some youth in India because on the surface it's very easy to um to judge that oh they don't have access to say you know education but the work we do at home and educating people on taking, say, more responsibility for their choices and how you have the power to reimagine markets, that's
0: really important. Mm. So tell me about that work. Is this, does this look like workshops that you run or how does that look?
1: Well, we do a lot in high schools. Awesome. Uh, four schools. And so last week we were at the most, you know, the most amazing um, senior college here, Bradfield College. Things. Ah, cool.
0: My husband finished at Bradfield.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So, you, you know, it's a, <laughs> it's a fabulous um, model for education. Um, and so we were there with the year 11s and they doing, every year they do an industry program. So we spoke, we did a two-hour engagement where we spoke about the power of an individual to action change mm. and use a lot of stories that we have. And then we have a one-hour mending um, situation where the students sit, they work in groups and they talk about an assignment that they're working on but they also bring in something to mend. And by the end of that, people are relaxed,
0: people are present. Uh, they it have- just goes to show how, how few mindful activities we do yeah when they really notice this one little mending project's like oh wow i feel so chill
1: that's it mm. and cuz you know Kath and i are in this space of helping to address our mental health um epidemic mm. here in australia and that's again that You know, people go, oh, the kids in India, they have nothing. Um, And But whenever we visit, they have this great sense of community and joy which we tend to be lacking.
0: Mm, I totally agree. Something I noticed um, uh, certainly wasn't visiting impoverished, developing world kind of situations, but on my book tour, I spent a lot of time in very remote communities out like, literally in the middle of nowhere I will joke about this because it was quite hilarious I remember seeing on my GPS in my little Kia that I had rented um six minutes until my destination and if you looked at the picture of where I was it was (laughs) like just red dirt and a couple of kangaroos coming across. I was like, you're telling me I'm six minutes from my next book talk? (laughs) Where the heck am I? These kinds of places. But what was just amazing was not that they had state-of-the-art facilities or incredibly um, huge schools or um, shiny, gorgeous whole food cafes or any of that kind of stuff. Everything was super basic, but the sense of community Uh, it puts our our urban centres to shame and I think it's something we really need to be conscious that we're lacking and recreate it. And it's one of the big downfalls of letting uh, a religious presence in our lives go, I believe, and that's fine to do as long as we replace it with a, a real sense of community, a sense of people supporting each other um, yep. You know, uh, whether you're religious or not, all of us need that. And I think we kind of missed that piece when a yep. lot of people perhaps left Christianity for whatever reason in, in in the Western world.
2: Yeah. Look, I think I read something recently and I think the thing is that we're all driven by emotion, not devotion.
0: Mm, that's and interesting.
2: It's really lacking um, mm. within all of our communities and it's something that isn't lacking at all in India or in any of the remote communities that we work with there. So uh, that has been a big shift in our work that we mm. started out thinking, oh, how can we help these people in India? And it's still that, but now it's also how can we help this pandemic of anxiety and depression amongst our communities very, very locally. So that's, yeah. that has been a shift in our in our. Um, mm-hmm. never intention but in our location yeah. <laughs> yeah, and our work
0: mm, amazing and um and, and something else you alluded to it before that um that environmental uh, aspect of things and you mentioned mending as well um right. i really loved seeing how um a lot of the materials that are being used are um recouped from something else
2: yes yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a big that the exciting part of our work Alex I know get- right
0: so how, how <laughs> did you actually because you know a lot of people might want to start doing work in this field but they think god how am I going to find somewhere yeah. in China or India or whatever like but there are so many textiles that aren't being used right. um, and to close the loop and create circular economies one of the best things we can do is recoup materials that already exist and are yeah, offs. Yeah. right
2: Well, that's, I mean, for us, a lot of our products are based on using the upcycled saris. So Mm -hmm. we travel to India twice a year and and we have an amazing contact now who supplies our saris and then Mm -hmm. we repurpose them into all of our gorgeous designs. Yeah, Um, But, Yeah. yeah, there is a big movement and this is also very new but that closing the loop and the circular economy and we're very privileged to be exposed to and work with a a lot of brands that are making big um, headways in this this area. And, Mm -hmm. you know,
1: and finding that contact, you know, people can spend years and lots of money paying an agent to be connected, but we literally were having tea with somebody (laughs) and they said, oh, have you not met the women outside this hotel? They've got the best secondhand saris for sale. <laughs> and um, so off we trot, you know, just have the tea and go outside and have met this incredible woman who is really, you know, and she suits us. She has this, these great colours and this great embroidery and she's so happy. Um, we go to her home now and, and mm-hmm. have tea with her family and it's, you know, that's how, it's, that's
0: how we do it. How beautiful. So good. (laughs) And it really is these chance meetings and seeing when opportunity knocks on your door going, oh, yeah, I'll open that door. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so good.
2: And it's having the faith to know that those opportunities
0: present themselves as well. It's so true. That is so true. And I think I I wanted to ask you this because business is hard, there's massive to-do lists, you know, there are so many things we should do, we can do, we need to do. Um, and I often see and notice in myself, and I know many business owners who are the same, who that can quite quickly sap your creativity and yeah. and your drive for um, uh, the, the generosity that you started that business with in the first place. You can get just consumed by everything you have to do. How do mm. you nurture your creativity and keep coming back to your sense of purpose?
2: Uh, I guess we start from that space of not thinking that business is hard, mm, Yeah, to yeah. create what you think. So we don't think that it's hard. Yeah. It's definitely challenging. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt about it, but we are driven by a desire to help and to be of service rather than profit-driven. Mm. So it, it yeah. is kind of we come from a bit of a luxurious, I mean, it's our choice as well. Yeah, but we're not driven by profit yeah. so that does um help yeah i guess to make our work yeah um a little less stressful yeah it would
0: absolutely
2: yeah creativity is it's a real ebb and flow i mean sometimes you feel really creative and yeah. inspired and other times it doesn't flow but um
1: and we we work with four principles every day alex creative mm-hmm. principles and that is Number one, we truly believe anything's possible. You know, at the Possibility Project. Two, we believe we already have what we need to create what we want. This is oh,
0: I love that. That is so good.
1: Yeah, and the the third one, we truly believe every single person has something, a gift to offer on -hmm. this planet. Um, So there's this sense of mastery within everyone we meet. Not not expertise because we have created. An educational system where you can buy expertise you know but yeah. mastery is different this is a gift so um, everyone has that and the fourth one is whatever you do create win wins. Um, mm. do it whatever you do have a sense of purpose and those four attitudes they, they we learned them from the youth in the slums principally but they don't require time or money or a business plan. They, they do require this sense of um, faith and that you have this choice, um, you know, with what you, with the resources you have.
0: Yeah, that is, that's beautiful. And isn't it amazing, uh, you know, so many people would think, oh, we're here to save them. We're here to help them. Yeah, that, but often those become our biggest learning moments.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And that we were not. Kath and and it's often a misquote because it's an easy tagline where it's you know two mums saving the world or Mm, yeah yeah. Kath and I always go why would anyone? Well, well, why would we want to? There's nothing there to save. Mm.
0: There's Mm.
1: there's only things to serve.
0: Mm.
1: You know the planet doesn't need saving. It's actually on its own. It's very restorative and it's it's an energy system that will will deplete and will restore but what it needs is service
0: mm. you know it needs
1: us to work we talk about it it's a bit like the circular economy we've got to turn um ownership into relationship yeah you know and, and so that's I agree what, more yeah, yeah. And, and that in and that is is well-being
0: yeah <laughs> that's right absolutely i mean we've got to yeah we have to serve what yeah. is already happening and just wanting liberating. It's almost like, I mean, the parallels you could draw so many parallels there. It's like uh, you give the tools to the body, yeah. the body can heal itself. You give that's the tools not. to the planet, the planet can heal itself. Yeah. 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 So, and I think that's that could be a really powerful shift. I think for many of the people listening today, that idea that we don't need to save the planet. Oh. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. That's it's
2: too much responsibility <laughs> as well. <for> yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what makes people sick. Yeah. And it's religion.
0: what gives people a sense of burden yeah. instead of yeah. possibility. Yeah.
1: Five yeah. people disconnected, as you say, from religion because of that saviour complex? Because mm. in that, if, if you think you're going to save something, you've also got within you that someone's going to save you. And you, you've given
0: away your well-being at that point. Yeah, it's so true. The answers are inside, not external. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, There's so much to think about. It's almost like, you know, we all need to go off and do a little meditation now to just let a bit of that sit with us.
1: (laughs) It's definitely in our business toolkit. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, my gosh, same, same. Um, I'm curious to know, obviously you've been quite inspired by the circular economy movement um, and I had a great chat a few weeks ago with Julian from Lifecycle about this as well as um, Claire Press in the past and a few wonderful Uh, chats about the circular economy. Has has there been any particular business or a couple of businesses that you've seen along the way and gone, wow, those guys have just blown my mind.
1: Well, we just came back from Melbourne, Alex, where we were invited to do a talk for VAMP, which is Virgin Australia Melbourne Fashion Festival, mm-hmm. and we invited the Seljack brand to come on board that evening, and so there are a couple of sisters from Brisbane. Um, who work with Australia's oldest mill in Tasmania and they take all the waste um, from the mill and they repurpose that into these most luxurious blankets. And so it's a real closed-loop system. Um, and, you know, for us it's those people who are so inspiring because, they're, you know, there are literally a couple of sisters who've decided we've got to – we want to do something differently. Um, like we know Phillips. The Philips brand are doing amazing circular circularity within you know like the lighting system, but it's when we see these individuals or sisters or small groups who've gone ahead in this process, we think that's amazing mm, yes. it's such a it's such a beautiful product as well, and the girls take so much care to really investigate how can we get this done, and they're up against it because Australia basically sold sold all of its manufacturing processes you know over the yeah. last years so these girls are trying to bring it back on shore in a, in their own small way
0: but it's beautiful yeah it is beautiful and i think with the with the, the swell towards buying less buying better it really mm. does start to lend itself to bringing exactly. more manufacturing um into exactly. local spaces absolutely yeah yeah um we
1: do love the work of the Ellen MacArthur Foundation.
0: So oh yeah.
1: Yep. If your listeners haven't, um, you know, if they're interested in the circular economy, um, their their organisation have some fantastic resources, but especially for beginners.
0: Yes, that's right. And often it's really just getting that literacy happening, right. so that you, if you are thinking of starting a business, then you actually have some semblance of an idea of how that might work in a circular way. Yeah.
1: So, to bring it to really make it simple, what circularity is about is looking at what we waste and how can we reimagine waste.
0: Mm.
1: You know, and and that's as as simple as you know what you do is you help people to reimagine their thought processes. You know, we 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 know we have seventy thousand thoughts a day. How many of those do we waste? Mm. You know, if you want to start circularity very locally, mm. start start with your thought forms.
0: Yeah, so yeah. true
1: even yeah so there's some really beautiful simple ways to
0: engage in circularity and has there been a particular figurehead for you or either of you in in your on your journey to to where you are now is there anyone that mentors you or has really stood out as someone who who inspired you in the work that you do
2: oh I guess I mean we we're so blessed we meet the most amazing amazing people and I guess the youth we work with in India are always shining lights and, and keep us um, inspired and give perspective every time mm. we visit those communities. But, you know, for me, I've got to say Kim has been a guiding light. She's always um, driving our business forward. She's inspirational and impacts, mm. you know, many people that we meet. And just just this abil- ability to always want to understand situations and understand herself and create, um, just create justice for herself and others is really inspirational. And I think, um, you know, we, we're so privileged to have this wonderful, wonderful relationship and friendship. Mm. And I think we have this beautiful ability of always seeing the light Mm. um within each other, so that's always mm. that's always um you know guides us absolutely let's uh, for
1: for me too alex Kath is it's it's just my inspiration
0: Aww.
1: so different on so many levels we joke about ourselves as mums, so Kath has three kids and <laughs> I have four, and our joke is Kath's kids are a bit like free range chickens and mine are a bit more like battered hens. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it is, it's time on our planet to accept each other's differences and different approaches and different ways of doing things and then looking for our commonalities. And, and Kath and I have these, this beautiful thing in common and that is to, to serve, you know, to, um, I guess, just live, live this beautiful life the best we can.
0: Mm, I think that there could not be a more poignant time to yeah. see the commonalities rather than differences.
1: Yeah. And that's our work, Alex, in that, again, it's people very easily distinguish between the kids in India and the kids here in Australia, but our, our message is all about let's talk about what we have in common with one another. Let's go beyond gender. You know, we've both got sons and we've both got very loving husbands and the way men... Are conditioned is 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 equally as hard as the way women have been conditioned. Oh, I couldn't agree
0: more. Yeah. We don't
1: talk about that because we're still focusing on our differences, mm. um, and so our message is very much: let's go beyond our differences, go into what we have in common, and that is the creative spirit. That is the Namaste, and um, let's work. Let's let that be the starting point, and then and then the
0: differences mm. um, emerge. Mm. Absolutely. Something I'm um, wondering about at the moment is um, a a comment my auntie made on my Facebook after seeing my climate march, um, you know, the kids' climate strike um, pictures on on Facebook that I shared of me and my son and our friends that we met there. Uh, And both my friend and I realised we were the only uh, parents who checked our children out of school that day from our respective schools both in the east and um, and I was like and – I, I, and then my auntie put a comment at the bottom of yeah. the post saying get the suits to march and it will make the government realise that we need to do something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, there's <laughs> still this real people like us do things like this. Yeah, so the people yeah. in the casual hippie clothes or yeah. who have the more free-range kids or, you know, all that kind of stuff, we're the ones who are at the marches. And yeah. um, and the people in the big buildings wearing the suits are the people who are, are thinking, oh, no, I, I shouldn't, you know, ruffle feathers. I don't want my boss to think I'm not committed, you know. Yeah. And, then, like, can't we all be committed to the planet? Why do we have to be scared of actually showing commitment to the planet? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of the reason we all get to be here in the first place. <laughs> but it was a real kind of moment where I, I have started having brave conversations with fellow yeah. – um friends about why they don't march and just genuinely wanting to understand why uh, what yep. the the blocks are for them or why they think it won't yep. won't help um yep. and and trying to unite over what we have in common about our care for our children and the world they're inheriting uh rather than oh you didn't march you're not as good as me or you did, yep. you marched you're a hippie like all the labels yep. it's time to just yep. put yep. them away
1: exactly you know what is – we're actually going to be doing a vivid event with the school's climate strikers. Which oh, is nice amazing. And the knitting nanas. Oh, I love it. Brilliant. <laughs> and it's down at City Recital Hall. But what was lovely when, when we went in to meet um, the people at the hall, they said, oh, this is with the climate strikers and all the kids were walking past and what they observed – that the students very um graciously declined to take notices from the older more established parties that were also down there and the kids were sort of like no it's all right we've got this and i think that's very moving and mm. part of the future that these youth with this great they they have tremendous respect but they're going um, and there's also this saying that Kath and I tell students, if people say no to you, it doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means you can't do it with them, <laughs> you know. And <laughs> students are really demonstrating this great humility, this respect, but going, hey, guys, yes, it'd be great to have suits on board, but in 20 years we're going to be in these institutions and systems and we to do it differently. Yeah. And us as parents or for the elders who are holding these spaces yeah we've got to we've got to sometimes contain our anger or frustration um and have that faith that i you know we've
2: got and it's always fear driven yeah That's always. always it's always. just always from fear and and it's a big lesson for us all not to judge yeah. anyone's response yeah but just to have compassion that it's always
0: just
1: a fear driven. Yeah. That's the cycle, psych- you know, the cycle, cyclical economy
0: yeah.
1: that that the, it will turn around.
0: Yeah, it will. And I yeah. think fear is just a really important emotion for us to address more. I interviewed Dr. Joan Rosenberg last month, and uh, and she's the psychologist who wrote the book. I mean, she's had decades of incredible work that she's submitted and written books before, but this latest book is 90 Seconds to the Life You Love Sitting with Unpleasant Feelings. Mm-hmm. for yeah. 90 seconds and moving through them is actually a huge part of building resilience, awareness, connection to other people, connection to yourself. Yeah. And we don't move through fear. We actually distract ourselves with absolutely yeah. every possible thing we could yeah. instead of facing and feeling the fears.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: and it's, it's how some of the nastiest stuff in us as humans arises when we don't actually sit with fear and try and address it. So, yeah, it's something I've been thinking about a lot since that interview and um, interesting that it's come up in this context as well.
2: Yeah. Well, ego feels way
0: too threatened. Mm. So it's just such a human response. It is, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Much easier to dull ourselves with a good scroll through Facebook or Instagram. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what's next for the Possibility Project? What are you guys working on? Uh, the Vivid event sounds amazing. Have you got anything else up your sleeves? It's
1: wonderful. Um, Look, we've just seeded this engagement at Q Station at Manly with the amazing paper artist, um, Joe Neville. Mm-hmm. We are hoping to work with an Australian Indigenous fashion organisation. Um, and, again, it's, about not, it's not about the fashion but really about connection and bringing back the language of the land
0: and how that can come through our products that we make so think so we'll see some some fashion or some some pieces and products that yeah. will be from indigenous communities that's right yeah. wow but cool Also
1: with the um with the consciousness mm-hmm. consciousness of connection and um what you know and just reimagining what we value you know and how things are made so no, kath and i've always got some fun, we'll go to India we'll go to in May always get inspired to do something a little bit crazy.
0: Mm. Awesome. So, so good. And uh, I, I think um, there's just so much goodness that, that comes from following your heart, doing meaningful work and helping and, and being of service. Being, coming from a position of service, like life will never let you down if you come no. from a position of service. I That's truly true. believe it.
2: Mm. Yeah. yeah yeah the universe really backs that yeah
0: mm. yeah
1: I mean that you know we are ultimately battling a mindset of entitlement at the moment sure you know that's are. the issue and and we we're, we're slowly waking up to going you know the, the i generation um it's created great mental um unwellness mm. so what's a great uh, rest, you know some, well how to address that to serve, to be of purpose, do something for others, yeah. do for the planet, you know, contribute. Um, contribute. A hundred
0: percent. We yeah. actually chose my son's school that he'll be going to from next year at like the big school yeah. um, uh, by uh, one of my tough questions in interviews was, how do you teach kids to be of service? What does that look like in your curriculum? And, um, you yeah. know, do you do soup kitchens? Do you do, like, do people connect with and have, like, class-sponsored uh, children that connect with, re- you know, like what does it look like? Yeah. And it's really quite amazing how, um, how there are some – it feels like there are more and more schools waking up to this being a really yeah. important part to raising little humans. That's
2: yeah. right.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah, it has to be valued.
0: Yeah, it does. Yeah. So let me ask you one last question. If you had to share one thing each that you believe is a super powerful way to help people make a little bit of change for people and planet, what is your favourite call to action to share with people? Oh. Kath, okay. you start.
2: What's. <laughs> <laughs> Pots- oh. Well, I guess that you really – you have to start from a space of valuing yourself. I think that the way you see the world is the way you see yourself and until you sort of have that self-worth and that kindness Mm. um, and then share it, I I just think that that's really what needs to be addressed, value who you are, what you can contribute and then share it. Yeah. And I
1: I have – a little bracelet with the word surrender on it and that is to really give over you know we've been conditioned to think surrendering means to give up but it means to just give over just to um have that faith in um in the bad stuff as well
0: yeah well there's you, know, you never get good with just good
1: <laughs> that's right uh, yeah so uh, you know kindness and surrender
0: Good advice, ladies. What a beautiful uh, sort of – it was quite a philosophical chat, really, wasn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I (laughs) loved it. it is. And
0: we can connect with your work, um, obviously, over at the Possibility Project, and you guys would have heard me talk about that in more detail in the intro. Um, But Kath, Kim, thank you so much for joining us today. I can't wait to uh, have the community feedback and and share their learnings from today's chat, and I wish you – absolutely all the good things uh, oh. to come for this beautiful year ahead that sounds like it's got lots of good things going on yeah
2: yes. thank you it's lovely 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 to talk to you thank you so much alex
0: thank you so much for listening to today's show i hope you enjoyed it as much as i enjoy having these conversations and bringing them to you now where can you find me and low life from here on in Well, you've obviously got lotoxlife.com and there we have everything beautifully organised into food, home, body and mind topics as well as kids and a whole bunch of free downloadables and resources to help you, inspire you to take community action and there's amazing A to Z recipes there if you're ever getting a little bit stale in the kitchen and a whole bunch of articles that I've written. You can also find me on Instagram at lotoxlife and also on Facebook by a page the same name. I may Everything super easy, low tox life, so you can find it really, really simply. Thank you so much to everybody who leaves a five star review over on Stitcher or iTunes or wherever it is that you tune into the show, and also to let you know that you can join us on Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com forward slash lowtox life and come join the private lowtox life club in there over time more and more cool stuff is about to be added it's a place where we can continue the conversations chat about the weekly show you're going to get bonus q a and all sorts of things over time i explain everything over on patreon so i encourage you to check that out and in the meantime i'll see you next week